Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I'd be curious to hear from IU fans. They beat Wisconsin 20 to 14. I mean, it, it's it's got to feel good to win after this this really ugly spate of losses. And some you should not have lost. Um Illinois, Michigan State and Purdue. They get to a ball game. If I'm an IU fan, I'm ecstatic, right? Ecstatic. I just don't know if it means, oh, he, he, you keep him around for another couple of years. They're finally buying in. I don't know if they mean that. Tony Katz, that's me, 93 WIBC. Good morning. There is a story that I was made aware of over the weekend because I'd been asked some, some questions about it. And this is a story about how someone drove into a building here in Indianapolis. As the story goes, there is a building, an office, uh, on Keystone for a, a school. And, and for, for a group. It's called the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge. And I guess on the building, they have a symbol that includes a Jewish star, and it says the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge. These are not Jews. These are black Hebrew Israelites. It's a sect. It's a group. They hate me. They might have very well hate you. This has nothing to do with being Jewish. But this woman, this 34-year-old, her name is Ruba Almagetha. She sees this sign on the office or the building and decides to back her car into the building. There were people inside, adults and kids inside. The police show up. She's ranting about Israel. Told officers she was watching news coverage of the war, decided to plan an attack on the building because she was offended by the Hebrew-Israelite symbol. She actually went by the building a few times, called it the Israel School. told IMPD references to, quote, her people back in Palestine and told officers, as the reporting happens from Fox 59, yes, I did it on purpose. The top, the the thing that might come to top of mind is that you would laugh at how absolutely ignorant uh, this, this woman is. 
that uh, she would uh, do this, not knowing what this group was and not and not understanding the difference and and what a fool. No, that's not the story here. The story here is that the violence of the college campuses, the violence of the Jew haters like Andre Carson and of Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Jamal Bowman, Ocasio-Cortez, Pramila Jayapal, and others, has hit the streets. Not just in Washington, D.C. as they try to scale the fence of the White House, but right here in Indianapolis. The violence is on the streets. And I was telling people this weekend, including Friends of Israel, in Israel, by two weeks from now, the streets will be violent. There will be people out there going after Jews. Case rested, by the way. This is not a, my God, what a fool story. This is a, this is what's happening story. This is how people are being ginned up by Congressman Carson and others, ginned up by a media that will not call a terrorist a terrorist. My advice to you, buy guns, buy ammo, and get trained. And I would only hope that civic leaders and elected officials would look at their counterparts very, very directly and tell them to tone it down because people are going to get killed because there are people out there who want to kill others for their religion. In America in 2023, grow up, buy guns, buy ammo, and get trained. Be aware and demand that the so-called leaders actually lead. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. This economy of ours, it's certainly uh, perplexing. And every day and every week, we seem to get some new bit of information, some new bit that makes us question. But here in Indiana, we also see growth. In a Noblesville. The Pacers are breaking ground on the new arena. This is where the Mad Ants are going to uh, be playing, getting out of Fort Wayne, which, ah, man, if I'm Fort Wayne, I'm super angry. I really am. And coming down here, so there's a little more uh, cross-promotion capability. How big is this project? What is the impact, and most importantly, does Noblesville have the capacity? I'm not knocking Noblesville. I happen to like it. I think the mayor there, uh, Chris Jensen's an interesting cat. I think it's been a, a, a solid bit of, of, of smart growth. I think they have one of the best squares uh, a, a, around in terms of a town square. But how do you make something like this work and keep working? Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter, X at IIB, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y. Talk to me about... Uh, this arena and how the city sees its idea of success. 
Yeah, and you bring up a good point, uh, Tony, about growth and handling growth. And I, I think an important aspect of this uh, of this new arena, which, as you said, is uh, is breaking ground today uh, in Noblesville, is that it's part of a uh, part of a bigger vision, if you will. It was a couple of years ago that Noblesville announced plans for what they're calling Innovation Mile. It's about 600, uh, 600 or so acres right off of I-69, visibility uh, on I-69. Uh, this will be part of that development that already includes a Borg Warner Research and Development uh, uh, Center uh, in that location. There's also uh, a medical device, a joint replacement institute, $28 million investment that is part of it. Then close by, Ruoff Music Center, Hamilton Town Center, uh, the shopping, and more uh, is planned. So, uh, Basically, this is part of a plan that was uh, announced a couple of years ago that is now becoming uh, becoming reality in a big way. And you could you could kind of argue maybe that that Noblesville is coming of age. You look at neighboring communities like Fishers and Carmel and Westfield, and we've reported uh, on and on about the growth in those uh, communities. Looks like Noblesville is getting on that growth game now as well. So Fishers gets the fuel tank. Yeah. Right, they're moving the the, the hallets, moving hockey out uh, of of the fairgrounds. Gonna move it over uh, there to Fishers, right? That's a, that's a Fishers product. Now yep. you've got the Mad Ants going in, in into Noblesville. So first, it, it's creating a corridor, right? So it's still talking about uh, sixty nine uh, that that direction. Have have these towns, Fishers and, and Noblesville? Talk to you about where entertainment exists in their strategy, or were these just opportunities that came ipso facto and they decided to figure out a way to add them in? No, I think it's part of a, a, a strategy, kind of that long-term strategy. You talk about these quality quality of place, quality of life developments, if you will, that we're seeing uh, in communities of all sizes uh, around the states. It's creating these, these uh, uh, areas where you've got entertainment, uh, sporting events, community events, uh, business, activity, buzz going on. And, and I think it's part uh, of uh, what is a, an intentional strategy in these communities, uh, you know, again, Noblesville, you know, many years ago, Noblesville was, was Hamilton County's biggest uh, biggest city. Uh, that no longer is the case as we've seen growth in these other communities. Uh, you look at, at Fishers and what uh, uh, they are doing there, as you mentioned, with the fuel tank, with that, that uh, arena complex there, but also with uh, a number of the developments, restaurant, entertainment, retail in Fishers. Carmel, uh, a great example there. What has happened in that downtown? Westfield using uh, youth sports as a, an economic development driver. So it's part of a strategy but that, aimed at... Uh, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to jump right in, Gary, because yeah. you're talking to Gary Dick of Inside Indiana Business. That's exactly my point. Westfield made the clear play that sports would be it. I mean, Grand Park is as much of a build it and they will come, hope they come, can we sell this thing now? But, I mean, that's a that's a laying your marker down. In Carmel, for example, we talked about that city, that was based on, on, on the Fortune 500, the for, for, Fortune 100. It wasn't based on entertainment. I mean, even the Palladium, which to me is is beautiful, built wrong, uh, was was seems like a bit of an after the fact in terms of what was the main focus. I always thought Fishers was more interested in tech, and I was never sure where Noblesville' main goal was. But you're, you, you believe that, that these things were part of an overall growth strategy as opposed to some add-on where the opportunity just became available. Yeah, I think so. 
so. And, and with Noblesville, it has been a, uh, a much more recent phenomenon, if you will. I mentioned this whole concept of uh, the uh, the innovation mile that has talked about. That's only like uh, it was announced two years ago. So this is something we talk about fishers and the tech uh, movement there. That's been uh, a number of years in the making. And actually, you talk about opportunistic uh, tech companies and fishers, but you look at the life sciences companies that have located there. The, the fishers, uh, Mayor Scott Fadness told me, he said, you know, we bought this land, uh, uh, you know, for life sciences development, thinking we might get a few nibbles, and they they're sold out basically from a life sciences standpoint. So I think these communities also are saying, hey, we build whatever it might be, retail uh, arenas, whatever the case might be, and we're going to attract interest. We're going to attract. Uh, people to grow this vision. I think that's what I think that's what we've seen in those other cities, uh, Fishers, Carmel, Westfield, and perhaps we're beginning to see it in, in Noblesville. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter and IIB. Part of the reason this has the ability to work in Noblesville and, and, and Fishers is, is proximity to Indianapolis. So when you're in other cities, and we've talked about the, the Mad Ants coming down, for Fort Wayne, which is aggressively trying to build and, and engaged in in, pro, in projects, I mean, this is a loss. It's not a big uh, uh, of a loss as if they lost, uh, you know, the the, the, the Comets or, or or their their minor league baseball, but it is a loss to them. How do other cities around the state that you talk to? How do they look at competing on the entertainment side when Indianapolis continues to draw people back here? Yeah, it, it is a competitive game, no question about it. And I think really, Tony, the, the, the decision by the Pacers to move uh, the G League team uh, closer to home base, if you will, is just that. If you look at some of the other NBA teams, I think the Magic and there uh, have been a couple of other franchises, part of a trend where they're getting these G League teams closer to uh, where they operate uh, for synergy, promotion, cross-promotion, and just, just a, a, a ease of doing business, if you will. So I think as much as anything, it was that business decision as opposed to Fort Wayne "Quote unquote," losing uh, a franchise, which which they obviously did, and as you mentioned, Fort Wayne has been on a roll. I mean, the successes they're having up there continue to pile up. This is this is one of the losses. But back to your original point, it is a competitive uh, game. Whether you're talking about economic development for jobs and investment, or some of these retail investments, and those uh, that are successful are going to be the communities that that succeed. But you got to have a strategy. You got to have that vision. For what you want to become. Gary Dick, Inside Indiana Business, InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Be sure to check out uh, the website each and every day. Gary Dick, appreciate you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, that, that's me, by the way. 93 WIBC, Philip on the news, brought to you by Absolute Wealth LLC. And they, uh, I think they've got a new show coming uh, to weekends here at WIBC. Be sure to look for that, Absolute Wealth LLC. The Dow, we, we, we call it the Dow here. That's that's because we're in the know. Uh, that is up to, no, not, not 200, not 20, two. One, two, uh, which is uh, not bad. The NASDAQ is up 11. Not, not, not 1,100. 
not 110, 11. That's where it's at right now. That is no movement whatsoever. None. And I think that the jobs report from Friday is is still having a uh, an effect. People trying to digest what this means. Is this a conversation about this economy starting to 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 cool down because there were less jobs, or is it the recognition that there there are no jobs? There are people who are still desperate to hire. This was over at the IBJ, Indianapolis Business Journal. You've seen pictures. Um, Dave Lindquist with the reporting over there. Um, You have uh, businesses that are trying to build, but there's there's no one to hire. Um, The National Federation of Independent Business... Um, and talking about something called their optimism index is at 90.8, which is lower than the group's 49 year average, which is usually 98 for the 21st consecutive month. Small business owners, you would think of them as optimistic people, right? People who see opportunity and, 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 and know that they can fight through and they're not seeing it. They are not seeing it. They're seeing more and more problems in every way. I know business owners who would love to hire. They would love to hire. Uh, Food service, things like this. People won't take the job and they won't stay. At the same time, um, McDonald's, people are noticing... And I don't mean to pick on McDonald's specifically. You could say this about a lot about fast food or, or quick serve. You get a burger, you get fries, you get a drink. It's sixteen bucks. It's sixteen dollars. Now, I don't know the last time I was at McDonald's. Is that is that accurate? Sixteen bucks. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So I I, I say to you that if that is the case, and yet you have places like California that now demand you pay quick serve $20 an hour, that's the minimum wage. Well, first, the minimum wage is business destructive, and people who don't understand that don't understand anything about economics. To desire a higher minimum wage is to hate small business owners, is to hate them. So for all those people pushing higher minimum wages, you will destroy business, you hate business owners, you hate creativity, and you want to put an end to it. That's, I can debate this with anyone. There's not an economics professor who could come close to explaining why a higher minimum wage creates value. It doesn't create value. It is destructive. It is destructive of the employee. It is destructive of the employer. But here we are now, $16 for a burger, fries, and a drink. Man, that's rough. That's rough. 
And when these places start further replacing with the kiosk or just closing, whose life is better? How is anything better because of that? Yeah, these are the things. These are the things that I think right now people are in this in this choke point of. What is the answer here? And I think as as you're you're seeing, many people are saying, well, expect things to be bad and, and get worse. And therefore we have to hold off and therefore we have to uh, keep more cash and therefore we can't engage in, in growth. And none of that leads to a good Christmas. And none of that leads to a good 2024. None of it. Can't say that again. None of it. That's my fear. Except it's not fear. I, I, I think it's fact. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The ugly truth is that Carson who many of you have supported since he launched his candidacy in 2007, is an enemy of Israel. Uh, bravo, Mickey Maurer. Bravo with the opinion piece in the IBJ. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. He's, I think he founded the IBJ. He, he, they, they named a, a law school after the man at IU. Um... And I've wondered where voices are. Uh, Mickey Maurer in this commentary at, uh, at the IBJ, IBJ.com, has made his voice quite clear. And uh, we will reach out and see if we can get him on the show. Oh, we've had him on the show once. Uh, we were doing some fundraising for the Vonnegut Museum. We helped uh, them uh, get money to build out the new, uh, the new, the new museum. And um, I think they've got some issues. I think they could use some some change up on their on their board with some of their people, uh, and and create a better opportunity in Indianapolis and in general. Um, but I've been wondering where the, the 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 leadership is, the people who built the city, the people who built the state. Where where have they been? Because uh, a lot of people silent, a lot of business leaders silent. Um, that is not silent. Right there, and you got the former CEO of. Uh, Lily uh, backing Jefferson Shreve for mayor, not being silent. Happy to see that. And then there is uh, this story that you got a bunch of people from Arkansas, Montana, who are uh, getting on a flight to Israel. They're farmers, and they're going to go help. And this is because uh, in Israel... Everybody is doing something on the war front. And there are things that are being, they're not, it's not a question of disregard. It's just, where's the focus? So people ask, you know, what can you do? Is everything fighting in the Israeli defense forces? Everything's a hull? No, 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 it's not. There are multiple ways uh, to be of service, multiple ways to help. And making sure that the food still grows is is certainly one of those ways. But I, I was I was happy to see the, the, the Mickey Maurer piece. I was happy, I was thrilled to see the, the honesty uh, in it. And I've disagreed with Mickey Maurer before, for example, on his take of, of uh, the Attorney General Todd Rakita and some other things, but this, it, it is imperative. 
the more voices, the better. And part of the reason is, is that if, if I, I know what we're talking about here regarding Israel, regarding things culturally in the U.S., et cetera, uh, we, we are one voice. We might be a loud voice. We might be an authoritative voice and certainly the most honest voice. But some people would be more than happy to tune out the voice because, oh, it's radio. Oh, it's one of them. Oh, They don't know, they don't care, and they don't care to know. And they know they don't care. So when you hear it from other people, it's, it's important. And then to share that is important. Because it isn't some isolated thing where people decide they can discount you because, oh, it's just the radio guy. <laughs> nah. Nah, it's more than just me. And it's more than just you and me. And that's a, that is a good, good thing to see. That is good stuff. Now, the election is tomorrow, which means... One day more, another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. Sing it, Hugh! These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. I don't need to listen to the other guy. It's Eddie Redmayne, right? Yeah, I don't need to hear him. Um, and you've got, uh, of course, the big vote for mayor in Indianapolis, Jefferson Shreve against Joe Hogsett. If you don't have the votes, you don't have the votes. <laughs> I hope that's the case. This isn't about Jefferson Shreve's perfection. This isn't about Shreve's perfection. This is about taking a step and giving it a shot. And if you leave it blank, you're out of your minds. It isn't a statement except look how special I am. That you're disgusted with Jefferson Shreve's quote-unquote gun plan, which he knows will never go through. Absolutely. It was pathetically dumb. Jefferson, it was pathetically dumb. And you happen to have some garbage people on your campaign. They can't do it today. They aren't willing to fight the way you need to fight. What I'm discussing is giving Indianapolis a shot at something else. And maybe it can be a little better. But it can't be a little better with Joe Hogsett. Joe Hogsett, who campaigns by saying, oh, Jefferson Shreve won't condemn the people who rioted on January 6th. Joe Hogsett won't condemn chance for genocide in his own city. <laughs> what a... But this is how he campaigns. The people of Indianapolis are going to buy into that? Your kids are getting killed on the street. You can't stand in line for Thai food without a fight breaking out. Try something different. In the 13th uh, district in Indianapolis for city county council, don't you dare vote for that commie, Jesse Brown. Democratic socialist, sorry. You vote for, for, for Elizabeth Glass, you vote for Libby Glass. The libertarian, you give it a shot. You give yourself a chance. Man, that is, I hope that's the way it works.